to another exciting edition of Under the Floorboards, where we laugh at the creatures that go bump in the night. I'm your host, John, as always, joined by my beautiful co-host, Eric. Eric, how are you this week? Fucking fabulous. I know, and it's getting better and better because we are getting some of the best stars on this show, including today, Miss Jess Euler. How are you? I'm good. I love when people say my last name right. I'm like, all right, I'm ready. <laughs> wreck you but great yeah the best part is your instagram handle actually helps more than yeah. anything else because when i saw it for the first time i was like is it slavic is yeah. it like how do you pronounce that and i was like oh ferris euler got it so when you grow up with my last name and every teacher thinks they're fucking hilarious and they're like euler Euler. I'm like, uh -huh, uh -huh. I just took it. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to use it. It's my Instagram handle. Perfect. You got to be comfortable with what you got. Exactly. <laughs> the amazing part was like growing up, my name is only, or my last name is only four letters and people managed to fuck that mm -hmm. up. Huel. <laughs> <laughs> My best friend's last name is Erin. So, like, we literally have sat next to each other all through school. Poor girl got urine all the time. I'm like, oh, no. I'm sorry. I'm so glad high school was, like, over 15 years ago now. Oh, my God. Wait, hold on. Let me think. Uh, Yeah, yeah. 14, I graduated in 2009, so 14 Damn. years this year, yeah. 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 Oh, so I'm just bad at math then. That's okay. It was 15 for you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jess, we're super excited to have you on the show. Tell us a little bit about yourself and like kind of how you're melding into this horror scene. I know you've got a couple, one movie coming out. I know you've already done some work as well. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, so I, I guess once I quit my full-time job at the end of 2018, like 2019 hit and I'm like, I'm, I'm doing this. I'm auditioning for everything. And so from 2019, actually, no, it was before. It was 2018 to 2019. I just put myself out there. And then I met people. I worked with people on indie things. And then it grew and grew. And then I got into a movie called The Boonies, which you can find on Amazon Prime still, I believe. So that was like my first big. I just saved it the other day. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did. I did. I was like, I was looking at just the premise of it. And I was like, oh, my God, I love this. I watched the trailer a couple days ago. <laughs> That was that was super fun. Um, and I know I knew Christine Mancini, who is in Wolf Hollow as well. I knew her from working at the Scare House, which is a haunted house out here in Pittsburgh. And then I got pretty close with everybody on set. And then, you know, I had met Mark's wife, Liz, on another set. And she goes, "Ooh, we got to we got to get you in something. And then this casting call for Massacre Academy came out. And so that's how I got involved with Mark is we shot Massacre Academy. In 2020, we were supposed to shoot it a little earlier, but we made a movie during the pandemic. Absolutely. It, yeah. It, and it's just been from there. I feel like I've gone nonstop, which is great. <laughs> <laughs> That's really awesome that like it, this is the second time that I've heard I quit my full time job to do yeah. acting. And I fucking love that for you. That is incredible. Oh, um, I'm saying I've got money please <laughs> I'm just saying you heard it here <laughs> sure I mean we have a Patreon but we're not walking around with fucking anything you know what I mean <laughs> but you know the the fact that you are giving yourself the space to do what drives you is something that I think people like us really commend especially since like you're doing it for your own art and your own sanity, mm -hmm. and your own life, and something that, like, actually makes you happy. Yeah. You know? The most emo answer ever, when people are like, why do you love it? 
and I'm like, hair flip. I only feel like myself when I'm being other people. But it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like I'm the happiest when I'm performing and I'm like throwing myself into something. And like it sucks when I'm just I have my normal job. I'm like, oh, I want to go do something. Can I go be chased in the woods? Can I go fight somebody? <laughs> you heard it here. <laughs> sitting here working on pdf files when i could be a fucking werewolf (laughs) it literally like i just i don't know it's just it builds up and i get really really anxious if i'm not doing something Mm -hmm. so lately like i haven't done theater since 2019 and i was like this year i'm getting back in the theater i've had like three auditions already and i have like two more i think i'm gonna do but i'm just constantly my brain's like what can we do next what can we do what can we do Mm -hmm. because this industry is like you have to be doing something. Your name has to be out there or who are you, you know? Mm-hmm. So do you have a preference between live theater and movies? No, it's okay. a different experience. Oh, so 100%. Live, yeah, yeah. It's it's like a different high. So there's, there's nothing like that live audience. The last show I did was the Rocky Horror Show. Mm. And that was Columbia. And uh, <laughs> very nice. Very nice. <laughs> um, but it's like... I, the director, oh, if you need to see Massacre Academy because my director from Rocky Horror was in it. His name was um, Ray, and he played Riot Ronnie. It's fantastic. He, at one point, he was like, yeah, I'm just going to let you do what you want. So I improved every night, and it's like you're feeding off that audience. But then film, it's these little intimate moments, and I really love the complexities of even, like, a quiet moment. What can I do? How can I slightly change, like, my face or – Mark said in Wolf Hollow, he's like, that scene where you and Christina are screaming at each other in the RV, your fucking jaw. You do something with your fucking jaw. And it's like, oh, just that little detail pisses you off. Cool. Well, that's amazing. And we'll get into a little bit more of this towards the end of the cast with all the projects that you have coming out and what we're really excited for. Um, but your pick was Black Phone. Yeah. Which was a movie that we actually haven't watched. It was supposed Believe to be. Believe it or not. Yeah. yeah. It was a very highly regarded movie for 2022. And we just, mm. I don't know. I finally came available on Amazon Prime for free. The stars so. align and we're here. Ethan yeah. Hawks made his money. I didn't need to yeah. pay for the movie. <laughs> and it's so that that movie, I remember it was like subtle marketing. Mm. It was just you saw the mask and you saw Ethan Hawk and it was immediately like, I have to see that. I don't know much about it. I didn't read the shorts. I didn't read the story by Joe Hill. I mm-hmm. knew nothing. And I, thank God I went into it blind. I did that with Barbarian too. I knew nothing about Barbarian and I loved it. Mm-hmm. So this, this movie just, I think I saw it twice in theaters and this was my fourth or fifth time watching it at home. And not to like get too deep into like the existential early. This is my, this is my trait. <laughs> <laughs> this is where I fall on the spectrum. Is there something that's more rewarding about not going in with any expectations you think in a payoff sense from what you see in the movie, having that experience? It's everybody's a critic now. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there are, a few <laughs> there are a few people that I'm like, okay. Like if I see certain people or a bunch of people start to post about things, I'm like, okay, that's interesting. But I, I like the unknown and I like too in movies when I can't guess what's going to happen, that impresses me. So there's so much like with the internet and everything, you know, everything, everything's at your hands all at once going in blind and still like that was exciting to me. It's hard too these days. Yeah. 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 
Yeah. I, I think I only made like one prediction that was right yeah. in the movie. Yeah. It was a solid one, but yeah. it, it was like. And I guess that kind of like segues into like first impressions and that kind of thing. I had the misfortune of reading a write up on this. It was a brief like three paragraphs, so not like a review, but just these are the themes. And so I was aware of all this before I came in and saw mm-hmm. it today. Um, and I won't say that it hindered my experience as much as it did, just kind of I had that roadmap. Mm-hmm. And there was a little bit of that going on too. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. Do you want to? Well, I was say, yeah. just what, just what was your first impression the first time you saw this movie? Like thinking back to like sitting down in the theater and like really enjoying it. Um, of course, Ethan Hawke absolutely blew it out of the water. Um, and it was weird because I had read he'd never been cast as a villain before. I mean, they wasted him in Moon Knight. I think I got through three episodes of Moon Knight, and I'm like, <laughs> so much more. But this man who had never had a villain role before, just, he acted through a mask the entire time. But besides that, the kids, the kids mm-hmm. stole it for me. I love the relationship mm-hmm. between the two kids. It was, I was impressed. Cause I'm not really like kid actors sometimes. I'm like, eh, eh, but they were great. Yeah. Yeah. We were actually talking with Spencer about the kid who replaced Michael Myers in H2. And it was just like, oh, you're so not good at this. Like, and it's so immersion breaking. Mm, it's tough. Uh, I guess for me, I went in totally blind um, and I knew that it was going to be good because, again, with Ethan Hawke, uh, you know, looking back at just some of his horror stuff between Mm -hmm. like Daybreakers and The Purge. And it was like those were movies that I was like, oh, he's actually like geared for this. You know, he's always been this huge actor that people respect and he can come down to what I call our level at times. (laughs) You know what I mean? And And he delivers this incredible role. And just his voice alone, the way he softened it was so mm-hmm. fucking creepy. It was, and that was one thing that this movie preyed on really well for me is the creep factor. Mm-hmm. There were a couple times where I was like, all right, they're teetering the line of where I need to put a fucking trigger warning at the beginning of this episode. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah. But I think too, because it wasn't, I was surprised myself too that I wanted to pick this because listen, I love my Saw movies. I love gore for gore, you know, like for a purpose. Yeah. I don't like a lot of, like just gore for gore's sake. But Saw then, not hostile. Yes, yes. Yeah. Well, the earlier Saws. But yes. um <laughs> But this was like it was it was horror because to me it's it's not just like oh there was like bloody kids and stuff. It could have been a lot worse. You could have seen what he was doing to these kids. One of the, there's two things. Number one, I love true crime. And this is a true crime story because Mm -hmm. this is children being taken. Happens every day. And sometimes you never find these kids. You never get your answer. And number two, it's what you don't see. It's the, Mm -hmm. like, Finny being in that open room and, like, just the emptiness. And, like, you just project all of the horrors that happen down there. And Mm -hmm. that terrifies me. Like, if I was a kid, I mean... I probably would have been like, oh, this movie's creepy, but I would have liked it. But being a kid's scary anyway, but you <laughs> add that stuff in and holy shit. Because <laughs> this is very real, tangible, happens every day kind of fear. Yeah. yeah. Well, and there's this borderline barrier, too, that I've, I've watched a couple interviews. I can't remember who said this specifically, but they were talking about when The Quiet Place came out and how for a long time there was always this taboo about kids and horror movies. You know, you have like your stories like it mm-hmm. and poltergeist, poltergeist yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. But it's like it always scares the audience more because there's this level of vulnerability 
that you're now placing in the middle of this fucking chaos. Growing up real quick. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. And it was, that's like the craziest part of this whole story to me is like the, the darkness and what you're talking about, Jess, with like what's left to the imagination, you know, we'll get into it here in a second, but even just those calls that he gets from the other Mm -hmm. kids are just like, Oh my fucking God. But with that, Eric, do you want to give us our itinerary for this? I can't wait. Uh, Jess, you may not know this, but I have a thing about mispronouncing names, and I'm super excited about this seven-person cast that everything is pronounceable for me, so I'm just going to jump right in. The joke is Dead Snow because he fucking (laughs) hated that movie, and he hated reading the cast list. Which is weird. I watch a lot of hockey, and you would think I'd be able to nail those Slavic names, but I can't do it. So 2022, this is a Scott Derrick – there it is. Scott Derrickson. We ran out of the first one out of the gate, John. <laughs> Who a lot of people probably know from Doctor Strange. Uh, 2016's Doctor Strange. This is his foray into horror and all that all that kind of stuff. You mentioned that this was based on a short story. Okay, what was the author's name? One more time for me. It's Joe Hill. So that's Stephen King's son. Cool. That's why okay. I loved this movie. Okay, it makes a lot of sense. <laughs> Um, Ethan Hawke, as we mentioned, is going to play the grabber. Uh, Miguel Mora is Robin. Jason Thames is Fenny. Madeline McGraw as Gwen. Brady Hapner is Vance. Tristan Pravong is Bruce. And Jeremy Davies as Mr. Shaw, a.k.a. Dad. That's all we got. All right. Let's get into it. So we start off at like the hometown baseball game for Little League. Yeah. And I actually paused the movie after the second strike had gone through and Eric just looks at me and goes, he's about to fucking nail this thing out of the park. <laughs> yeah, Bruce rakes here. You're down in the count. This is a big game, clearly. He goes, that thing is about to be Viet gone. <laughs> he nails that thing out of the damn park. Dropping nukes out here in North Denver. And not to mention, like, the way this kid goes, like, he just kind of struts around the baseball diamond. A lot of taunting. <laughs> the nod. He fucking tips his helmet. <laughs> Like, super strong, like, opening scene, right? (laughs) Establishing a dominance, right? Bruce wasn't a dick, though. Like, you thought at first, okay, this kid's going to rub it in, but then he went, man, your arm's really mint. Mm -hmm. Like, he was was hyping him up, which was Mm -hmm. good because... As we see, you know, kids kids are mean. We'll get into those scenes. And then we just... Real quick. Real quick. Because we see the Abracadabra van not long after, Abracadabra. And, like, I really liked those scenes, though. Because it just... Like, those fade-outs were crazy. Yeah. And then we kind of get to... We meet our actual, like, new... (laughs) nucleus family (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. it was a catfish opening because like i think when we think of our childhood a lot of the times we paint it in like you know golden light we have rose-colored glasses but this movie shows nah it sucks growing up like even the montage with the title and you have the kids with the skin knees and the bloody mouth and stuff Mm -hmm. like and then you go to this family where the dad, like, which the guy was on Lost. I got really excited. Mm-hmm. That, was I, I, that was the first thing I noticed. <laughs> but like the dad's just such a, those kids are so traumatized. You can see they already know the triggers and they just tiptoe around him. Man, it, it, that hurt. It was like a gut punch immediately. It's like, look at these kids. They, they have to suffer already. And the movies for five minutes in. <laughs> Mm-hmm. It was uh, astoundingly familiar for a lot of us. <laughs> I'm sitting there like, I told Erica, I was like, oh, don't worry, man. She, he's like, I can't handle kids in movies where they're getting abused and yeah. treated this way. And I was like, don't worry, man. They'll adjust <laughs> in like 30 years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> if we make it that far, we're fine. Yeah. <laughs> and so we have this, like, you know, we're, we're, so Gwen is establishing early that maybe it's not that she's not as afraid of dad mm-hmm. or whatever, but she has kind of a, a roundabout way of like making this into a light thing for her brother's sake. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which are they the same age? I couldn't really tell. I think she's supposed to be the younger sister, right? She is, but I think, um, uh, for me, not growing up in a traumatic household, I find siblings um, fascinating. Like, I didn't have, like, siblings growing up and, like, nothing terrible happened. But, like, their team, like, they're a team. And they mm-hmm. look out for each other. And I just, her, their relationship was one of the strongest points of this movie. Mm-hmm. Like, her, you know, looking out and she's doing the, you know, and Finny, just be like, hey, it's cool. You know, yeah. we'll be all right. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's funny you say that, too, because she did a real like the way they wrote their relationship was really cool because they would do like the playful making fun of each other and nobody got their feelings mm-hmm. hurt. They knew yeah. that it was all in good fun and they had that that strength in their. Yeah, they're the homies and they're they're each other's rocks to a degree. Right. And this abusive home and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, as they're making their way to school that day, you see the missing person signs. Right. And yeah. we're sort of like this is a this is a community wide thing at this point. Right. We've known of the grabber, mm-hmm. which I got to tell you was super disenchanting <laughs> to call him for like a good bit of this movie. I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? The gra- Oh, he grabs people. Oh yeah. I know that. Right, right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is a very childlike name and they probably were making him into this urban legend because they're kids and they hear, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like the parents probably aren't like wanting to tell them all the details. So they just, they come up with this name and what happens a lot of times is the names are stupid. Like Jack the Ripper, I don't even think was, came up like I don't think the cops or the papers came up with it somebody did and then Mm -hmm. it just took off Mm -hmm. like people people just come up with these damn things I just feel like I would have to come up with a new M.O. if that was the name that was given to me that's what I I would have to be the pusher like I would just walk around and push people now I'm the pusher I'm not the grabber (laughs) (laughs) or somebody's already named the grabber and it's like oh this is really bad publicity (laughs) it's like when you call the flash the streak and you sound like an asshole well that's what I was gonna say it reminds me of Arrow where it's like that guy wears a hood we're gonna call him the hood he's like oh we gotta get a better (laughs) man so yeah and we're we're kind of doing this like everybody has had this experience at school. I won't say everybody, but everybody has seen that fight between like the kid who thinks he's tough and the kid who's actually like the badass. Well, he's got brass knuckles for fucking hands. (laughs) And so we have Moose and Robin scrapping a little bit before class. I still can't believe they named the fat kid Moose. Yeah. (laughs) I can't. It's the same guy that named the guy. Kids are dicks. They probably just started calling him that. Yeah, uh, like I had to keep reminding myself that this movie was made in 78 because there were so many slurs that were just getting thrown around. (laughs) And I was like, oh, wait, everybody's wearing plaid. I get it. (laughs) Robin was so like that was another one. Like you thought Bruce was going to be a dick. And then Robin was like cool with Finney, you know, and no, I mean, those kids are were picking on Finney. Those were dicks. Yeah, that was a dick. But, like, like two fake-outs. Like, I thought Bruce was going to be mean. I thought Robin was going to be mean. I'm like, no, these guys are cool. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> It was actually, like, again, like, just the child performances were so strong. Mm-hmm. And the way that that relationship was written um, f- for um, Robin was really impressive. And, like, it was so funny yeah. because I kept referring to him as Robin Longshadow from, <laughs> from Young Justice. 
Because he did. Yeah. He just looked like Todd. <laughs> Great. And that was what was so funny because we have that bathroom sequence. I can also too. say when people look native, it's fine. That's uh, fine, yeah. <laughs> but we have that back that uh, bathroom sequence, and they make that mention of, like, it, effectively, like, the deal is I offer you my protection for math tutoring or whatever. But there's also some camaraderie. There's also a human side yeah. of that and that kind of thing, too. It's not just a strictly, like, on-paper yeah. relationship or anything like that. I really loved, and this was just me being a nerd, but I love that they were talking about um, you got to see Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah. <laughs> And he Everybody goes better than these inter- movies. Like the the worst movies. People are like, yeah, have you seen that? And you just talk to random people about it. And so what was so funny about it for me was he goes better than Enter the Dragon. He's like, no, nah, Enter the Dragon was pretty cool. And if you like look at the way that Robin fought, he kind of had that bounce that mm-hmm. Bruce Lee did, you know. And it's like he totally was watching Bruce Lee movies and like picking up on the cues and that kind of thing. He's like, yeah, I'm that dude. Oh yeah, I mean, as somebody who has watched wrestling for the majority of my life. Yeah. Uh, we pick up little manner mannerisms. A hundred percent. Who's your Who's your wrestler? Currently. Um, t- let's do currently and all time. Well, okay. all time would be The Rock because of his showmanship, like just the promos, like the entertainment value. The man was funny as hell. You can't say mm-hmm. half the shit he said back then. Oh yeah. <laughs> Good times. Um, currently, I really like the young. T- listen. MJF is an asshole, but you gotta respect it. You have to respect how good he is. The WWE side, I'm really liking what they did with Dominic and him with the Judgment Day and Rhea, Rhea Ripley. Love her. (laughs) (laughs) Like Becky Lynch is great too. Becky Lynch will always be great to me. I'm a I'm a Rey Mysterio guy myself. Yeah. Yeah. After, like, for me, it was, like, once they stopped doing doubles with Mysterio and Hurricane, yeah. I was out. Because that was, like, <laughs> you want to talk about two ninjas in the ring just, like, exactly doing flips right. over each other, cannonball throwing each other. I'm here for that acrobatic yeah. Okay, okay well, then I see you, Rey Mysterio and Hurricane. You know the Lucha Brothers, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, those, that's probably one of my favorite tag teams because I'm a big flippy shit girl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> do, do the spectacular things. Like, their series with the Young Bucks, I could have watched them every week. Every week. <laughs> it's the flipper meta. The flipper meta, yeah. <laughs> we we drunkenly binged an entire season of battle bots together. <laughs> and it was during the flipper meta. And it was it was it was a good time. <laughs> I was just waiting for somebody to put a gun on top of there. <laughs> right. But yeah, we're in the school and there's like this scene we were talking about earlier when we watched Veronica. There's like some substance in the classroom scene because they're actually talking about things that are pertaining to the overarching mm-hmm. story, yeah. whereas this one had absolutely nothing to do with anything. The Earth's was- crust, everyone. <laughs> yeah. Just like your mom. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, we get out of school, we get out of class, and we're all like heading home, and there was like, do we actually go make it back this time? I'll check my notes. There is a sequence where yes, um, we do make it back. We do make time. it back. Um, I, this is that thing that uh, little sis is going to go spend the night with um, the friend. Right. Um, it happened twice. This is the first. This isn't the main instance of that. Oh, it's okay. a plot device, but this is the first time because Finn has to look after dad. Finn uh, chooses. And if you know the movie that he decides to watch, let us know because we were curious. But he decides to watch a horror movie. I don't know it. Like at first, I'm like it. 
almost looked like Diabolique, like the end of Diabolique. Mm-hmm. Um, but then like the Technicolor red, I have no idea what that was. I should have looked it up, but it was like, it's kind of, it's endearing and it's sad because you're like, oh, he's getting scared of this. Oh, Finny, you have no fucking clue what's right. going on. You don't know what fear is. <laughs> you notice, like, he's got his little pen. I love his little rocket pen. Mm-hmm. We all have, like, these things from childhood, I feel, like, like mm-hmm. that weird thing. Yeah, yeah, and it's, like, and that actually helps save his life in, in the end, too, when it's, like, his, com- like, a security blanket thing. And all, yeah, he, like, fell asleep with it twice in the movie, I think. Um, and just that little detail I really, really liked. I did too. Um, do you want to get into what our totems are? <laughs> we can save that for the interview afterwards, perhaps. <laughs> we'll just keep moving through the plot. Yeah. That's fine. Um, so it's morning, and this is the one where I had like the visceral response, like I like actual tears in my eyes. I can't stand when children are are crying because there's pain being inflicted upon them. Mm-hmm. I can't handle that. I can't do that. And this is that moment where I was like. This is probably more than just a plot device for the sake of moving the plot forward. This is probably like an undercurrent of everything mm-hmm. that's going to happen and has happened and everything. So when is getting the daylights beaten out of her by drunk dad who's mm-hmm. halfway through a screwdriver at eight in the morning, right? <laughs> and she goes fucking gangbusters, yeah. dude. Yeah. Like, th- this was like one of the points in the movie for me where all I could think to myself is all of the kids that they wrote in this compared to like a- any other story mm-hmm. that I've seen in my life, they were the most self-aware creatures yeah. I have ever seen. Cause she was like, no, we're not going to keep fucking doing this. This is not fucking okay. I, I will smash your $8 bottle of Taka. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> and I love that that was out of love too. That was like, stop getting fucking drunk. Yeah. You know, it was like, no, I'm going to be this person because I, you know, have to be, I suppose, right? The layers, like, you got the sneak peek about the mom. That was the first time the mom was mentioned, too. Um, and it was like, oh, okay, yeah, the mom is missing. Something's going on. And I really liked um, the performance at the end after he's like, say it. And she says, my dreams are just dreams three times. But that last time, the rage she had in mm-hmm. her little face, I, I was impressed. Like, and then they cut to Finney mm-hmm. and he had the same rage. In, in yep. his face. It's like mm, our, the trauma and the, oh, the generational trauma that these poor kids have had to go through. Just that, that hurt. It was a visceral reaction watching yeah. that. So something I want to ask you as an actress is obviously you get put in these hyper emotional states based on what you have to be doing. What do you think is going through drunk dad's head when he, cause obviously this dude is not a piece of shit. He's not a bad person in reality. So what do you think is that barrier, that veil that you kind of have to go through to do a scene like that? What do I have to do or the actor? Perhaps if you had to put yourself in his shoes and that or something. Yeah. Well, I know what he, he had the best intentions, but he doesn't know how to execute them. He Mm -hmm. wanted to protect, we find out later, Gwen from the same fate as her mom. So when she starts Mm -hmm. talking about her dreams and he hears about it, that's a trigger for him. But he's so deep in the screwdrivers and the, you know, the drinking. Mm -hmm. And he has a lot of unprocessed pain from the mom passing Mm -hmm. that, that was his motivation. It's just, he doesn't know anything, but how to do that. It was a different time too. like, think about probably that's how he was raised and that's mm-hmm. all he knew. 
was that discipline. Um, and you're right. He's, he's not the main villain, but he is, he's a villain. Mm-hmm. And he's the villain that they encounter in their lives. Um, but I could see like, I could see that in his eyes, like, Oh, it's not just, you know, you dropped my bottle. There's something there too. There's a glaze or something over. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, one thing that I wanted to make mention of is the scene that follows immediately is there's that, you know, just stay here, whatever, no ice on that, butt, all that shit. Right. They go into the living room together. Um, Finney and Gwen do, and they start watching Davy and Goliath. I was kind of proud of myself for this as somebody that grew up in a Christian household. I had seen Davy and Goliath before. Uh, I didn't realize that it was borderline propaganda. Hell yeah, to brother. get to get kids that were watching cartoons to start planting those seeds of obeying authority, which was a really really interesting take. I mean, we made the remark to each other when we were watching this. Anytime something is on his television in a horror movie, it's on there for a reason. Mm-hmm. So that was that was really clever subtext in the writing in that sequence too. Well, it's, but it's David and Goliath. Think about it. It's these kids against this big bad. You know, how can they overcome Goliath? Right. Yeah. Very clean. And we have that moment where they lean on each other. This will be good. Oh. Go ahead. You got it. Yeah. <laughs> That's where he was learning his stance from from later in the movie. Just working on his fucking. Bam! <laughs> it was there the whole time. <laughs> I remember, <laughs> remember your training, Penny. <laughs> but we have that moment where they lean on one another, and this will be a scene that we call back to at the very end. Um, it's that we're each other's rock moment again, right? Mm-hmm. Like a rock. <laughs> oh, like a rock. So are we, we're going back to school now, correct? Because we we got our beatings in for the day. <laughs> we we do get, okay, so I'm sorry. We do get us. there's a cut and we have Robin yeah. Getting taken uh, by the grabber is the next thing that I have in my notes. And that was, I was telling him earlier, it's funny that you picked this movie because I know that in your bio it says, talk to me about video games and Batman. And by the way, we're definitely going to do that uh, <laughs> in our Patreon exclusive interview, which if you guys are listening right now, our lowest is $3 and you will get all of our exclusive interviews for that. There's a bunch of other shit, but I'm not going to talk y'all zero off. Anyways, I'm just I'm continually impressed by how you work those and they're so seamlessly. They're so, seamless. <laughs> so professional plugger right there. <laughs> we'll call him the plugger. The plugger. Because <laughs> I'd be plugging. He'd be plugging. He'd be plugging. Uh, shameless. Shameless yeah. plug. Um, <laughs> um, Jesus, I actually froze. Oh, right. Uh, <laughs> So the, the reason I brought all that up to begin with, other than the $3 that people should be paying us for our Patreon, uh-huh. is that scene felt like it was so Dark night, right? Yeah. Just like that fade grit in the background with the cape going up next big to the abracadabra. Yeah, yeah it, it felt magical mm-hmm. watching it and so dark and it was dreary. It felt like... The, that wasn't a person, that was an entity. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Which I think kind of gave this level of, because obviously there's the spooky elements that are going to come into this movie here very soon, but I think these are a really good job of predicating that on it being Ethan Hawke. Mm-hmm. Because the whole time I'm trying to figure out, like, what is he? Is he just a dude? <laughs> is he just a grabber? Is he a pusher? <laughs> Why is he wearing that Undertaker coat that's swirling? <laughs> the hell? We don't need to ask him about his favorite wrestler. He's got a coffin <laughs> in the back that he just raises out of. Yeah, yeah, he's already there. 
Who would the grabber's favorite wrestler be then? Oh, let me think. You got to put him in the time frame of 78, right? Yeah. And everything came, yeah. Came. Came. Yeah. <laughs> wrestler today, governor tomorrow. Uh, nice. <laughs> nice. Actually, I think he was mayor. I think it's what Kane yeah, did. He, I don't he was mayor. I don't know. Maybe he got voted out. Who knows? He did to do a movie with Daniel Harris, and that's pretty fucking cool. He did. He did. The movie wasn't great, but... <laughs> Sorry, that kind of... <laughs> the movie wasn't great. Um, but yeah, so now, our, what was actually my favorite character, and actually, when we go into this scene of the yeah. grabber grabbing robin was right before that i'd made a comment about like oh because the face that you were talking about actually that um the son had made i was like oh he's gonna fucking kill his dad by the end mm. of this <laughs> we go into the next scene it's like oh he was like robin's gonna kill his dad he's like no he's not <laughs> um. <laughs> um so now we're going back to school and there's like we're, we're now we're actually afraid it's getting closer and closer to home. I think they're actually leaving school. In the there, next yeah, month. there's a couple of things because we have um, we have a sequence like the police are on it. This is an ongoing investigation. Obviously, they haven't caught the guy, but this is another string of abductions that we're going to piece together in the same um, in the same vein and everything. So the police are on it. Um, there's a sequence. I think you're right where we are at school that Finn asks Gwen to do the dream thing. Um, no, that was when they were in the house. Yeah together uh, do the dream thing it doesn't work like that you know I, I can't remember if there was a mark that like i'm not like mom or whatever but it was echoing like she isn't a fully developed medium yet or something yeah perhaps oh, then uh, we we missed um because the dad was beating uh gwen because the cops came to school because they're like are you friends with bruce's sister and have you been making comments and it, <laughs> this is what it like that scene was like oh gwen's a little badass too because she's like you know, she's she's like, oh, yeah, I because she hadn't made a comment about she saw black balloons and mm -hmm. the cop was like uh, that's a detail we never released. How do you know that? And then she um, automatically is like, what, you think I'm the grabber? I forget what the fuck she said. Yeah. She's like, fucking fart face or something. And <laughs> but yeah, she then she says, um, which another fun fact, one of the cops was in Halloween Town, too. He's the guy that counts socks in his home. <laughs> Bring that back to childhood. Wouldn't he, know. He, he's know. never seen Halloween Town. Ah. I, but. We're doing so many <laughs> Halloween specials this year. Our last October got so fucked up. Yeah, it's all right. Yeah. He's Halloween Town. But yeah, but then Gwenny does say, she's like, sometimes my dreams do come true. So then you had already had that, and then the dad beats her. Um, and then that's when, later on, Finn asked her to do the dream thing. Mm -hmm. Rocky Mount Medium. <laughs> sponsored by cores <laughs> i i'm i'm just looking at what I, I have in my notes here all they have next is gwen praise we have a come to jesus moment right she's trying to get jesus to come to her yeah, yeah. <laughs> god it's a god <laughs> she actually gives like one of my favorite lines too she's like I know that this is not how this works, but yeah. I and you already know what I'm gonna say, but I figured I was supposed to say it anyways. <laughs> and I was like, you literally have all of religion compacted into that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, we we actually kind of get to a little bit more of the issues that are happening in the house, and then they're walking to school and they get into this fight, right? Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. with like the bullies that Which have been in the background crazy. the whole time. Yeah. yeah, this fight was crazy to me because like when we saw them in the bathroom the first time that Robin was standing up for Finn, I was I was just sitting there thinking to myself like these kids are not that big. Yeah. Like, right. I gotta tell you, like, you could probably fuck up, like, two of them before you go down. It's like three thin wolf hearts. Yeah. You know? <laughs> we get, like, this... It, the way it shot's really weird, too, because you think you're just going into another one of the, like, walking down the sidewalk mm-hmm. shots, and then you realize it's like... <laughs> Finn's running for his life, and these kids yeah. are chasing him. <laughs> and then, again, fucking Gwendolyn is such a badass, because she's... I mean, he's getting his ass kicked on the ground. This girl picks up a stone the size of their fists and just uh-huh. fucking cracks mm-hmm. the fucking long-haired mm-hmm. one. He's like, oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> the blood in that scene was incredible because it's pouring out the side mm-hmm. of his fucking face. Yeah. And she just comes. He, he, like, moves off to the sidelines. He's like, I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> and this was, again, like a wrestling scene. Yeah. So I think that <laughs> I'm really starting to put this movie together for yeah. why you wanted to watch it. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, and then, like, then she gets... Actually, yeah, because he did, like, a judo flip, the one kid on Glenn. The ginger? Yeah, he kicks the shit out of her right in her face. And, like, when she was, like, like, you could feel how painful that was. And, like, Mm -hmm. her mouth is bleeding. And then she just sits next to the kid, and they look at each. She looks at him like, man, I fucked you up. (laughs) (laughs) Hi. (laughs) And then he cuts right to Finn sitting in his class, and you see the, you know, the shit on his face Uh because he busted up. And then that little girl is, like, these guys are assholes, and you go, oh, yeah, everything gets spread around school yeah. very quickly. <laughs> yeah, but we meet the love interest that never came to pass, right? Yeah. The sort of, like, it, we're, you know, we're humanizing each other a little bit on Dissection Day of all days. What a what a meet-cute. And she approached him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She approached him. Ben, you're in there, man. I, I, told, <laughs> I told her, I was like, what you need to do is be her best friend for, like, 10 years. <laughs> She's going to grow into a 10. Let her realize that other dudes are douchebags. <laughs> she has to go through the asshole phase. We've all done it, you know? Make Absolutely. terrible decisions, and then you realize, oh, I'm an idiot. Yep. I mean, my only previous partners wound up being gay, so that's... <laughs> well, I'm pointing at you, but it's my fault, too. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Happens to me all the time. I'll say they weren't assholes. No. Nope. Just didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so now we finally get like the more grand introduction because mm-hmm. we have uh, their leap. The uh, Gwendolyn and her brother are leaving, mm-hmm. and she's like, "Okay, well, it's you know Friday night. I'm going to stay at my Susie's friend's. House, I'm yeah, going to stay yeah. at Susie's house." He go, and this was like one of those moments that I've literally been a part of, and it was just like, "Oh, I got you. It's my turn to take care of dad." Yeah. And I was just like, "Oh my god!" Like the way that they developed that relationship again, I can't speak on it enough it was just so impressive like there was definitely some someone who was on the writing board Mm -hmm. outside of hill (laughs) that was like no this is how this works yeah so somebody had definitely uh, that was like very real to them the only thing i didn't like about this scene was when he's walking down the sidewalk they kept like jumping him like four squares farther and having the shadow behind it that was like (laughs) i don't understand (laughs) Why are we shooting this? We fast forwarded for eight seconds. Yeah. <laughs> have him, just, just have him walk for a minute and then cut to him walking down the sidewalk and you see the black man. It was a stylistic choice. You know, sometimes they need to throw that in it'd there. Be cool, 
it could be cool if it was something that was like shot on like 35 millimeter. I think yeah. that would come across mm-hmm. really cool. Um, but for like the digital age and maybe that would have uh, transposed in the theater. Um, and actually something I want to get your opinion on. And I made this comment at the beginning of the movie, um, just the way that they were doing the grit and the coloration over top. It kind of felt like this movie was much more geared for the theater. Did you prefer it in the theater or on uh, like at home? Um, the theater, I because when we get to the room that Finney's kept in, it felt so much more vast and empty and like the shadows. I mean, you can't ever replicate the experience at home. Mm-hmm. But this was definitely like with with the amount of empty space that you feel it sometimes. It's like, yeah, that it projects better on a big screen. Okay, I was, I was definitely yeah. getting that feeling throughout the movie, and yep. pe- some people have made comments before where it's like, my movies are designed for the theater, sure. you know, yeah. and, I, and I get that, because yeah. like you said, they are two totally different experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, it reminded me of, like, Order of the Phoenix when the movie starts, and it's just Harry sitting on that swing in the middle of a fucking thunderstorm, you know, and <laughs> everything is yellow-gray yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for the entire movie. Anyway. Well, just remember, you only see certain colors. <laughs> I, I see all colors just fine. I don't see anything gray, though. <laughs> I was going to ask, are you colorblind? I'm, I'm not. I have, like, eight eye conditions. <laughs> so my friend, my friend Steve is colorblind, and um, so the Super Bowl is coming up on Sunday, uh-huh. and it's my beloved Eagles against the Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, my Woo! God. Hey, go fuck yourself. I'm a 49ers fan. Go fuck yourself. We watched but- the game together. It was hard. <laughs> so. Steve, Steve mixes up red and green, and he's like, oh, fuck me, the red and green. <laughs> <laughs> well, one team's going to get their shit caved in. The other team's going to be the Eagles. So. <laughs> I'm just ready to watch Andy Reid get his fucking face put in the dirt. Yeah, who hurt you? Dude, fuck <laughs> Andy Reid is who hurt me. That motherfucker took half of our fucking secondary when he went to the Chiefs. I know, I know. Fuck that motherfucker. <laughs> I was about to be like, yeah, he hurt, you know, he hurt Philly. But actually, the, the um, I got to be at Lincoln Financial for his last home game. And it was against the former, you know, the Washington whatever team. Because that's my dad's team. And uh, so it was Washington versus Eagles. And, like, Bryant, like, Westbrook was there. Dawkins was there. It was cool. And, yeah. <laughs> he owes me a Westbrook jersey for that game. Yeah, I lost a bet, too. <laughs> it's all good. Yeah, this makes me happy that we, we're in the Eagles. This is great. We're bonding. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard out here being an Eagles fan in Steelers country. I don't. <laughs> at least you're a safe distance away from philadelphia yeah what do you mean they're greasing the poles <laughs> so anyways yeah if you'd like to hear more about us and the eagles yeah. subscribe to our patreon we'll get to that later so our main character gets fucking abducted <laughs> <laughs> so, so back to the darker side of life and this was my favorite line because we've heard throughout the movie or, you know, the black balloons, right? Yeah, yeah. And he just, like, Ethan Hawke's character, who has, like, white paint on his face, mm-hmm. too. We haven't actually gotten to the mask yet, which I still don't understand the tears of the mask. Mm-hmm. But we'll get into that here in a little bit. But he kind of just stumbles out of the, fan, the van and just drops a bunch of fucking eggs. And he's like, oh. <laughs> and it's like this... <laughs> Okay, if I heard that, I would have turned around on the sidewalk and bolted. 
Pennywise impression. Holy shit, dude. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> it's, it's not as good as my Malcolm McDowell impression. That's but. also true. <laughs> but anyway. Stay tuned. <laughs> Anyways, it, it was just fucking wild to me that he's like, do you want to see a magic trick? And again, I'm just thinking like, you know, pencil Joker yeah. moment. Yeah. But, and he like pulls out like I couldn't tell if it was a deck of cards or like what the fuck he was actually trying to do, but he just like looks in the back window of the van and he goes, "Are those black balloons?" <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> and I don't know what canister this dude had because mm-hmm. it was just like, okay, tear gas. You're fucking asleep. Your eyes hurt. There's like yeah. a million different things that go along. Yeah. With haven't you heard of it? Chloroform in a can. Now easy payments of six nine. Oh, <laughs> the 70s were crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the back of a comic book. You can like order the fucking. <laughs> so I will say if they had chloroform and aerosol form, that is dangerous for other obvious reasons. Because mm. I've definitely met people who roofie themselves at parties. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And that is the craziest shit I ever Take seen. Take me home tonight. They're like, dude, I got like two hours. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> Why would you do that to yourself? Like, uh, I don't know. I, I don't know either. I'm curious. <laughs> I want to hear your take on this. I'm looking at the grabber as he stands right now and knowing what we know about the grabber. And immediately in my head, I go to the child snatcher from Chitty Chitty Bang Bang <laughs> with the top hat, with the big black cloak, the whole lollipops, you know, all that shit. And I'm drawing an immediate comparison of this guy. I was curious if you thought that was deliberate or you think this is just referential. No, I think it's just referential. I think cool. um, because he has the abracadabra van and, um, mm. you know, maybe, maybe it was a slight nod. I don't think they went that way. Yeah. Um, I think I just really wanted to be right. <laughs> you could be. I don't know. I, I need a win. <laughs> no, I don't think so. I think it was okay. just the appearance that he was putting on, which we'll get into about the mask and oh, why. Yeah. yeah, I'm I'm really excited for that. So we get to location A. Mm-hmm. Um, mark which, that. Yeah, mark go that. Mark and, that, that so that hard. Yeah, because yeah. Uh, yeah. I'll go ahead and say what my prediction was, was that we got to the first location and I was like, you never, you know, you listen to true crime. You never let them take you to the second location. Right. 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 Because that's where you fucking die. Yep. And as the movie progressed, all I, I said, I was like, I think there's two locations. I think there's two houses mm-hmm. that he's doing this at. And lo and behold, of course, that was like one of the bigger reveals at the end of the movie. Right. Um, which they did very, um, very saw-like almost like when you look at like uh saw two specifically where they mm-hmm. get there but the whole thing's already been cleared out mm-hmm. because they had their fucking uh uh the it wasn't a live it wasn't a live feed that one. Yeah. <laughs> that's what i thought too like as the movie progressed i was like i actually did think of saw two and go oh was this is this a different like time like did mm-hmm. something happen um it's interesting that you guessed the two locations because i knew about him, you know, whoever was upstairs. I guessed immediately. I was like, oh, you know who's upstairs, like the guest that's at his house. But I didn't guess the, the second location. It honestly could have just been a lucky guess, too. But I just couldn't, like, there was just something in the fucking pit of my soul that just mm. made me feel like there was no way that he was doing all of this in one spot. Right, right. But again, it was hard to tell because we didn't know if he was supernatural yes. at all. Because mm. the allusion to that was very much there. 
you know, and then we finally meet the black phone, mm-hmm. right? Yep. So do you want to talk about that a little bit, Jess? Um, so it's, I read um, another story. I actually did read a Joe Hill story. It's one of my favorites it's called Heart Shaped Box. I probably read it because I love Nirvana. I was like, oh, the song. But it's it's completely, it's nothing to do with it. But characters from, like, dead characters do communicate in that, too. And they, I forget, they call it, like, the Nightlands or something. Mm-hmm. So when the phone, it's like, oh, we he, the phone's not ringing. The phone's dead. But then when he starts to get the phone calls, I immediately connected it to that. Like, they're calling from another plane another existence i like that little tie-in mm-hmm. but i did like the it was very subtle at first you have to watch the movie a couple times and until the kids mention it but the grabber's like do you hear the phone oh i'm gonna go see who that is and it's like i didn't hear it but then start to hear the phone with mm-hmm. the cord cut you start to hear the phone Hor- <laughs> horrifying mm-hmm. also this phone box is aspirating for some fucking reason <laughs> 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 you don't know if that's like Finney still high off his ass. And I was, that's what I was gonna say. Yeah. 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 You don't know. You don't know at first. And I, once again, I liked not knowing. I liked not guessing. I thought it was interesting that it was a single ring initially for that first call to Finney, right? Yeah. It was almost like piercing the veil, right? Because it's just like, okay, you heard it now. Yep. And he was, I, he even was like, kind of, what the, what the fuck? Like, almost <laughs> as if to say, it's not about contacting you at this moment. It's about realizing that you can hear the phone too, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. here we are, right? And what a jarring sound because I don't, I mean, I haven't had a house phone forever. I think my parents still do. Um, but like you hear that and it's, it doesn't sound like everybody has their phone on vibrate anymore, but like the theater, it was loud as hell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was very loud. So it made me unintentionally jump. I jumped at that a couple times and then I had one jump scare in the movie that got me. For me, I was just assumed that something's always going to pop out. Like I was telling, <laughs> I told Eric before, like I was at, my sister will do this thing where it will just be too quiet and she'll just scream. <laughs> So I well I grew up with that so, chaotic neutral yeah, yeah so I would just sit there reading and just like not flinch and my partner would be like what the fuck is what <laughs> I don't know what to tell you this uh, was like last weekend <laughs> <laughs> yeah she just graduated law school she's still the same person <laughs> well I feel like if you go through law school and then you're practicing law you have a right to go home and just randomly scream I I yeah. for that right. <laughs> Yeah, but she's been doing it for like 20 years. So. <laughs> <laughs> it, it keeps things lively. I also just, that's why I assume that like if I, if I cross the street and like there's a car at the stoplight, mm-hmm. I assume that they're going to honk at me. <laughs> yeah. Fair. I just assume that they're going to try and be a dick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's no fear in this dojo. There's no fear in this dojo. <laughs> Johnny Lawrence. It does not that. exist. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we have a little bit of a human element from the grabber at this point because he says, Hey, I'm getting a soda. <laughs> Would you like anything? <laughs> you know, which is so fucking jarring to me because it's like that's kind of like that. Okay, now we're starting to establish some ties to like Stockholm syndrome mm-hmm. and gaslighting. And now we're gonna get you in this place of like, you are the kid. And I'm going to appeal to the child. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's where we were thinking initially, like, okay, here comes the trigger warnings and that kind of thing. But he just kind of leaves. Yeah. It was what it was. 
Uh, Finn decides to take a walk around a little bit, grabs the phone, picks it up. There's no dial tone. And it's like 12 by 12. <laughs> yeah, 100%. And we get a cut back to Gwen, and Gwen is at Susie's house, and she gets the, the mom of mm-hmm. Su- Ma- Susie's mom, hands her phone, it's your dad. And you can sort of surmise what the conversation is like because mm-hmm. it immediately cuts to her running out of the house. Cops are on it again. Mm-hmm. Now everybody's tied up in this shit, right? And how, this is like, how devastating, like, she portrayed that so well, because it's like, number one, just the sole fact your brother goes missing. And then two, that's my person. That's my person I need to survive my everyday life. And when mm-hmm. he's gone, like, I, just devastating for Gwen. Yeah, 100%. And the acting for that was out of this world. Mm-hmm. You know, the conversation where she's, like, praying again, and this time it's in a totally different context. Mm-hmm. She's like, what the fuck, God? What mm-hmm. the, like, what the fucking fuck? Yeah. That's not what I <laughs> asked you for. <laughs> The uh, phone rings again. We're back here with Fenny. The phone rings again, and the grabber makes a comment that, like, that phone doesn't work. It hasn't worked since I was a kid, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And there's that whole, like, you know, he has to leave again, right? Is it because there's somebody upstairs? And he's like, Mm -hmm. well, don't worry about that. And he's like, I'll scream. He's like, well, I've soundproofed everything myself, (laughs) so (laughs) it's not going to work. So subtle voice change you heard from the grabber. Like, he's talking Mm -hmm. in his lighter voice, but then it just drops. Mm -hmm. And it shows how quickly he can jump from those personalities, which goes into the mask because when he's wearing the different parts of the mask, mm-hmm. it's the different emotions, the different personalities he may have. It's him covering himself up um, like from his actions. We never fully get an explanation as to why he does what he does, which yeah. could happen. It does happen sometimes with true crime. And that's, I remember I watched black Christmas for the first time on Christmas Eve and you never knew why the guy was there and killing the people in the house. And that's scary when there's no rhyme, no reason. It's horrifying. <laughs> and we never figure that out. I think, uh, and actually Jess, I'd really like your take on this as I feel like that's one of the most polarizing things in the horror community is, and just for an example, you look at Rob Zombie's Halloween compared to the original Halloween. Um, I feel like there's so many people that are like, why did you have to give them a backstory? Why did you need all this lore? And I feel like there's people who love it. Like, I know I do. I know I do. Yeah. Um, and there's people who hate it. And personally, I could go one way or the other. Personally, I would like to have a little bit more lore. Um, and actually, with this movie included, I just felt like I wanted, a, like, even if it was just a little bit more context of what he does yeah. to give us more subtext of why he's doing it. So where do you kind of fall on that spectrum? Um, I'm either or as well. I, I do, I, I keep saying like true crime and stuff. I joke all the time. I have a fake psychology degree. Like in another life, I would have went to school for true crime or crime, like criminal psychology to figure out why people do what they do. Because is it um, genetics? Is it your environment? Is it this and that? But it could be anything. They have, they've had cases where people have the best childhood. They still grow up and kill. Like, I think it was these two brothers. They they killed their parents and they were rich and they had everything. But so one of the scariest movies I ever saw and people, some people don't agree with me. Strangers. The yep. Strangers freaked me out because there was no Because reason. you were home. Because you were home. That was it. Because you were home. And it's like, how do you prevent that? How do you, you can't see these signs in people sometimes that they're crazy. And that's scary. I'll my ring. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, that part was so good. <laughs> I laughed. What do you want? <laughs> a better one. <laughs> Another one. <laughs> Another one. <laughs> Anyways, getting back into the story. Yeah, um, 
I'm going to skip just a little bit. I don't want to overlook anything, so I'm just going to go into like hyperdrive mode here. Uh, Finn is hungry. I can't feed you. There's the exchange. You know, then why do you have me down here? I just wanted to look at you. Like, that why are you still down here? You know? That was a strange yeah. moment. The black phone rings again. This time, however, there is a voice. It's like Finny in that in that Freddy Krueger. You know. <laughs> <Tina>. <laughs> There's a hang up, rings again, picks it up. This time it's Bruce that's on the line. There's the whole, I don't know my name. He's like, you're Bruce, you know, because he keeps hitting you with that. Your arm is meant. Yeah, I know you. Your arm is meant from earlier and everything. And so only Fenny heard the phone this time. And there's the mention that the grabber can hear it, too. He just doesn't want to admit that he hears it. Um, This to me, and if you want to weigh on this, guys, we can. But this to me implies that he is avoiding the voices on the phone. Mm-hmm. Right. It's yeah. it's completely deliberate that he doesn't pick that phone up. Right. I think he does feel guilt, too, because like he is sometimes when he's interacting with Finn, it's almost like you were special. And he has this disappointment like he he kind of was like, oh, I hoped I hope you would make it. And then it goes back to those different personalities again. I think I mean, multiple personality is an outdated term. I think it's like disassociative identity disorder now. Mm-hmm. Um but like again, they never give him a diagnosis. They never explain what it is. But you see him feel kind of bad sometimes. Like I'm sorry, I can't feed you. Um, but then it's like he's waiting upstairs, as we know, with the belt. Like he kind of wants him to. Like that that trick that he plays. So I think him he hears the phone sometimes when he's in certain moods. Mm-hmm. That's a hot take. That's good. I like it a lot. Bruce does make mention that there is a way out. He gives him his way out. There's a hole in the floor under the tile and the under the floorboards. Yeah, I was missed right there. it. <laughs> um, How do you not? See I'm so sorry. I'm, I'm in hyperdrive mode, dude. I'm not noting details right now. I can barely read my fucking handwriting and I type this. <laughs> <laughs> so we have some Bruce flashbacks, right? The childhood mm-hmm. growing up in this kind of thing. And it turns out that Gwen is tapping into these all of all of these memories, all of these shots and everything. And she happens to see the home address of the house, right? There's Mm -hmm. that, right. And so there's that medium thing coming into, y'all just stop me whenever you want me to stop reading or if there's something that you want to remark on, I'm going to keep going. So something I actually (laughs) will note on, well, I I just had this realization is that they actually do tell you earlier in the movie that there are two different houses because in that first flash, and I was trying to remember the number for the longest time. It's twelve. Yes. Instead of seven four four one. Yeah. So it was it was already telling us mm. that it was the house across the street. Boom. That's crazy. It was kind of out of focus. It was like because uh, I kind of tried to watch it too, and I'm like, ah, it could be this. Like they did a clever job of it, mm-hmm. but they did. I th- I think you're you're right that they did. Because you're right. I was trying to make it out, and I was just like, I feel like I saw the numbers, and then uh, they when they did the other ones, I was like, what the fuck is that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that you're carving into this kid's arm. <laughs> so um, he works on the hole a little bit. We get a cut back. There's like the school he assembly. Works the he bit. works the hole a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Um, you're the plugger, dude. I don't know. <laughs> oh, wait. I'm supposed to. How do I? How do, Mark gave me a task. How do I? Uh, uh, something about cervix. I'm supposed to say something oh! about <laughs> Plugging holes and and cervixes. <laughs> How did Mark finagle his way into this fucking episode too? <laughs> he said to me, "Oh, cool! If you could put cervix in there at some point, we would really appreciate it." Well, you're two for two right now. 
fucking cervix, dude. I almost said something really fucking weird, and I'm not going to. Um, but anyway. <laughs> I, I'm glad me being the plugger brought that up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'll have to text Mark later. <laughs> That's the coolest thing I've ever said. <laughs> it's so fucking sick. Um, uh, where am I? I lost my... Hang on. Uh, the school assembly, the police are fucking there. Basically, <laughs> um, everybody... <laughs> Everybody is now on high alert. You You're know? telling me that the police are fucking at the school? They are. They are fucking at the school. Um, <laughs> we we have we have the breakfast sequence where Grabber finally brings down a plate of the shittiest scrambled eggs I've ever seen yeah. in my life. A bottled Sprite on a tray, but no fork. Nope. And I know it was the '70s, but how do you put food on a tray? And not give a man a fork. Oh, we missed uh, we missed the the little detail about the pen. He fucked his arm up with the pen. Mm-hmm. Maybe I was thinking he didn't want to give him a fork because he's like, this kid's gonna scratch the shit out oh, of me. Oh, that hey, there we go. That works. That All checks right. out. Immersion now, cohesion. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Movies in eight now. Uh, <laughs> but he notably leaves the door open, right? I'ma leave the door. Right. Is that the song. Yes, it is. Okay. Yep. The phone rings again. This time we get Bill. And who's mm-hmm. Billy? Billy's the paper boy. She said, oh. see you later, boy. Don't go upstairs, says no, Billy. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Don't go upstairs because he's waiting there with a belt, right? And sure enough, he's up there waiting with the belt. So Benny is doing this challenge, right? Yeah, he, that was horrifying. Seeing him sitting there just like puffed up, just full regalia, waiting. His shirt mm-hmm. was open. I don't know. I know. I know. <laughs> And this was actually a really cool shot because if you took away the mask, he looks like someone's alcoholic father just sitting in the fucking kitchen. You know what I mean? Oh, well, there you go. It's it's the belt. Well, the symbolism of him having the belt, too. And it's like, oh, man, we already had that scene earlier. And, you know, Finney's gotten the belt a few times. Well, and it's amazing, like, when you look at how creepy and how scary this movie is. There's not a lot of, like, real full-on violence. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Someone's caught a belt plenty of times. Kids get in fights at school. But, like, we didn't see what happened to these other kids, thank God, you know? Because it was one of those things that I thought was really respectful. Yeah. Because I feel like there's a level of – and we watched – and did a podcast on – uh, even Lambs Have Teeth, which mm-hmm. is a movie that I highly recommend. It's on Tubi. It's a lot of fun. It's definitely a revenge story. There's definitely a trigger for it. But that movie, much like this one, did such an amazing job of being respectful not only to the actors and the actresses, but to the audience as well, mm-hmm. while still being able to deliver on what they were trying to do. Right. The, the jump scare happened. The the other one, besides the phone ringing. Was it Billy appearing? Yeah. On <laughs> Penny. I'm like, He's just, the the actor who played Finney did a fantastic job in these scenes with the kids. He, he was just fully focused. Like you knew they were acting around him. Didn't, he was just Mm -hmm. there. He was in the zone on the phone. Like it, that was impressive too. I feel like they should just have Ethan Hawke and the master just like standing on the other side of the room. And it's like, you need to look at that. Right. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) The whole time. (laughs) It's like Hill house. It's like find every time that Ethan Hawke was in the room. when we. Speaking of the mask, that is another connection to Pittsburgh um, because the guy who helped create it, um, Jason Baker, he's a a Pittsburgh dude and he does the masks and stuff for um, Bray Wyatt. That's so cool. 
Yeah. Yes. We're going to learn so much in Pittsburgh. I, know, I can't wait. <laughs> Gwen now dreams, has a dream of Billy, and it's more of those flashbacky memory type scenes, mm-hmm. but it's the paper with all the names and everything written. We're establishing that this is the communication method by which, like, everybody's being kept up. I mean, it was the 70s. I don't even know that I need to remark on that. Um, <laughs> but he Finney gets it in his mind to escape with a rug rope technique. Mm-hmm. Right. That was kind of interesting for me because he accomplished his goal he just knocked himself the fuck out in the process a little slapstick but i feel like he wasn't considering the fact that what was he gonna do when he got up there <laughs> he did say that too he was like he said come on Finn. like when he fell he was like or maybe it was earlier when he tried to jump he said you know if that was a way out somebody would have done it by now like mm-hmm. if he knew bruce was in there he was like bruce would have done this so yeah. I think he realized that's not going to be the way I get out. But then he did say, he's like, you're not getting out of here. You're not getting out of here. It goes, no, no, don't give up. (laughs) So I couldn't help but notice, though, in that scene specifically, when he put the rope up and it kind of pushed itself through the bottom. Mm -hmm. Is this like a supernatural experience of like maybe the ghosts are trying to help him out, too? Because it didn't feel like he would have had, and I'm not trying to like break the immersion by any means, especially if it's supposed to be supernatural, is that rope sliding up through the grate and then pushing itself back around to be able to like pull down the wall. I just thought that was really cool. That's why I asked you if you would call that a rope or if that was some kind of, (laughs) because I was noticing that too. It's enchanted. It's an enchanted rope. (laughs) I think if we're going to be optimistic, we're going to say yes. Because they were trying to help, except for one. The, the one Vance was like, "We're not fucking helping you." Yeah. Um, yeah. The Billy we'll Hargrove. Go. <laughs> yeah. we'll go Instead of just, you know, helping the plot progress. Exactly. <laughs> I'm gonna take it out of hyperdrive after I make this note here because I'm in the back third of my notes at this point. So I think we can go in a little more detail from here, which is probably good. But Gwen is um, talking to dad at this mm-hmm. point, And there's that conversation where dad is, again, having just a couple too many. Right. He's also snorting lines of coke <laughs> at this point, which is funny. Um, but I think that was just Max. Was that just yeah, Max? Max? Oh, it is Max. Max yeah. is the next Max. one. Max is blowing snow. He's blowing some snow. We have um, Gwen has this really like uh, I thought it was a nice moment for the sake of progress. Like it. And it seems kind of dark, but it's one of those, like, at least he's not hitting me kind of moments. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, in the conversation and that kind of thing. Because Dad, to your point earlier, is clearly going through it. Mm -hmm. Everything that he's doing, he's clearly coping with grief and that sort of shit. Um, And grief is crazy like that. I mean, I'm not condoning anything, but grief is fucking crazy like that. Um, And he has that, again, trying to take her sort of off of the edge of, like, becoming who she's supposed to be because she has this gift, right? Mm -hmm. And he even, like, puts it in the words of... Yeah, the shinning. (laughs) The shinning. (laughs) Yeah. We don't want to get sued. That's right. He puts it in the terms of your mother was touched. And touched was a key word back then that meant mental unwellness, right? right? And so that was was interesting to me. Um, Also, like, the little... The little details, once again, that these these kid actors picked up on when she enters the room, you could see she's scanning her dad to see, is it safe to approach him with this? Yeah. We'll see how he reacts to things. And she even at one point kind of backed away when she said mom. Mm-hmm. But he gave it was like, OK, I can progress with this. And then when she finally stood her ground and said, I loved her how she was. Mm-hmm. And 
then what if my gift can help find Finney? And you see him go, I do love my son. We got it. I'll give in to this. Of a chess match with the conversation. Which is very familiar to a lot of people, whether it's been uh, a situation that's really dark or one just like everyone's walked on eggshells before. Mm -hmm. And this scene was really masterfully shot for that, I felt like. Because even the the way they wrote the dad in this situation was you almost felt that sense of like, I can't be mean to her, actually, because I like she's all I have probably left ever yeah. at this point yeah. because that's a good point yeah i didn't even piece that together we don't know that anyone survived the pusher grabber man the, so the, poli- <laughs> the police are like oh and four on finding these kids right now too or right. you know the, the suspect itself and everything yeah yeah so that was nice that it, you see him driving her around like instead of her riding around on her bike trying to find this house that she's seen in her dreams you see the dad like if it's going to help find finney i'll indulge this Mm-hmm. Yep. Even if it just makes her feel better. Yes. You yeah. know, that's incredible. A little bit of support, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah, then we meet Max. Uh, Max is doing his best Charlie Day impression with his like his like suspect board and everything. Okay. Have you, yeah. Have you seen the grabber? <laughs> right. Uh, the police are like, yeah, yeah. If you if you figure anything else out, any suspects, find any kids, you call us. Also, clean up. And there's yeah. just like lines. <laughs> I love it. He was just like, damn it, Max. Yeah. <laughs> hey, fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> I almost wish that like one of the detectives had just like leaned over the table and just blown it off. <laughs> 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 yeah, dude. Um, but yeah, so we're going to pick back up with Finney and there's the uh, sequence. I know you're not sleeping. Tell me your name. Finney lies that whole thing. You want to grab it from there? I mean, yeah, it's just kind of one of those things where we start to learn about the test Mm. that the grabber is kind of putting and has put everyone through so far. And this is the part that I have the most trouble understanding just based on how they worded it, because it was about it's the naughty boy game. But if you don't play, you can't move on to the next level. But if you move on to the next level, you got to play the game. And like I, I this part kind of broke aw- broke away from me a little bit just in the explanation. So do you want to pick that up, Jess? Yeah. So what he's saying um, is that it's a de- it's a game designed by the grabber that he, the boys are not going to win. And if you refuse to take those steps upstairs, you it's you're not playing the game. So it's frustrating him. And he's like, wait a minute, you're not doing what all the other kids have done. The next phase he's talking about is it's his favorite phase. That's when he beats the shit out of the kids for going upstairs. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a very like he thinks it's the sick. It's a sick game in the in the grabber's head. But the fact that Finney is not playing and that's why he got frustrated with him with like, well, you you weren't playing and you were special. I really, you know, but you lied to me about your name. So it's all these little tactics that he's playing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like a, a, the callback to Davy and Goliath and everything and about a, being obedient to authority and in the face of like abuse and that sort of thing, too. I mean, it's all tied together and it started you're starting to see the ribbon form the bow at the top of the gif where it's wrapping it for you. and everything. <laughs> yeah. So plus or minus two minutes, Finney goes underground. Uh, he makes his way to a body of a girl, incidentally, which is the first female victim that we see. Mm-hmm. Um and then there's also another phone in that other room, which was cool to me, too, because that's when my head starts thinking, 
is the phone are the people that you hear on the phone associated with the people that died in the room next to the phone or something like that is there some kind of connection between like the spiritual and the phone or whatever um but her name is griffin she has a couple of really cool lines the one that i wrote down is that um you spend so many years invisible then anyone then everyone in the state suddenly knows your name i don't Mm. think griffin was a girl really oh i don't think so i think i think it was a boy i think they were all boys were they okay that seemed like the theme. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But that's where we get the breakdown on, like, you have to play Naughty Boy, the yeah. next part and mm-hmm. everything. The number 2331-7 or 2-33-17 or however you want to break the it down comes into play. Yeah, the bike <laughs> block. Out, because I was like, I remember having those days where I couldn't remember my locker yeah. conversation. <laughs> You remember those two-minute windows that you had to get down the hall and down two flights of stairs to the next one, and you were expected to take your math book out of the locker in the same span of time, and that lock won't fucking cooperate? (laughs) Unrealistic expectations. They could have been teaching me useful shit about being an adult, but no, you got to get from one end of the building to the other in two minutes, avoid all the crowds of people, or -hmm. you're going to be in trouble. And people wonder why kids are awkward in middle school. Yeah. Like, this is the kind of shit that you have to put up with. Yeah, see, our high school sucks. Like, we had, like, our high school had money, but it was also the same kids that would, like, walk through the stairwell and just spray pepper spray in the air. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Stink bombs. I remember people would make stink bombs all the time. I don't know how, but, like, you just smell something. Like, oh, stink bomb went off. Like, ugh. Uh, we're like my eyes it's like chloroform in a can all over again coming back everyone's just asleep in the stairwell oh no i've killed them all but yeah that scene with the locker uh where we put the lock on the door was i don't think i i was breathing the first time because it was like Mm -hmm. yeah he's asleep in his chair and it was a you know it was very video game like at some point where you're like tiptoeing around don't wake him up and like you got to open the thing really carefully and then well the dog turns out there's a dog on the other side (laughs) that's bad luck right so so there's a little bit of a chase down through the neighborhood because he does make it out i mean he he does get out of the house but he's boogieing down the sidewalk right and uh grabber had the the wherewithal to get in his van and start that and chase him (laughs) down which i just thought was fucking funny like that was funny bob and weave I, i know and he still gets clipped by the van (laughs) like an idiot don't run into the van just don't get hit by the car (laughs) just go next door (laughs) just knock on someone's door and it's weird because all the lights turn on when you hear the hit and the screaming and everything he's got the knife to his neck you make a fucking sound i'll cut you like a pig right here right all the lights are like ah never mind turns off Which was weird. The hot take on that was the fact that he said he was going to strangle him with his own intestines. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was a really hot take. Yeah. I can't be mad about that because at the haunt at Scarehouse a couple years ago, I was like a, a baby clown version of the, the the big clown, which is on all of our promotional stuff. And people would come in the room and I'd be like, I'm going to make balloon animals out of your intestines. What do you want? Like, I just think oh, nice. weird. Let <laughs> me blow the shit out of it first. I want a sword. <laughs> 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 do it again <laughs> we got a new sound effects guy hey i got fired um but there's a couple of exchanges there's a big threat that happens and everything um it turns out that max is grabber's brother 
Oh, shit. And this was yeah. actually something I didn't see coming. Yeah. Uh, when he walked downstairs, you, uh-huh. you heard his voice going down the steps, and you're yeah. just like, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> he, he's like the fourth character we've met so far. It has to be him. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that that was a lot of fun. Did, did Like, how did you feel for that as a reveal? Because, like, obviously, as soon as they reveal it, it was coming down the pipeline that he was going to mm. get iced. <laughs> I mean, that they had a thing earlier where it was like when the cops left and Max snorted his his line, the camera panned down to Finney in the basement. I go, oh, it totally did. (laughs) I was like, that's when I knew Max was upstairs and he was the reason that Finney couldn't get breakfast for two days. But I didn't connect the two locations. That's genius. Damn. I'm glad you've seen this. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate that. Because we both went, oh, shit, at the same time. <laughs> right? Oh, no. Was, that happens more uh, more frequently than I like to admit, too. Um, but then we get that really funny sequence where where Gwen just sits down, plops down her room. Jesus, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> She's like, you gave me this gift. And then you don't show me anything. And then she had this existential moment where she's like, maybe you're just not here at all. You're not real. I'm like, girl, you're eight years old. I know you got a lot going on, but that's a whole different conversation to have. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Now is not the time for your existential crisis based on your religion. It is based on what is fucking happening around you. Granted, she is the only person that has something supernatural happening to Mm -hmm. her outside of Finn. Yeah. Yeah. I will say she's allowed a couple of extra questions for an (laughs) eight-year-old. Given the circumstances, she's a dream warrior. <laughs> oh, I thought they were gonna be. She was gonna be like, or maybe it's mom. And I went, oh, thank God they didn't do that. That would. Oh, been- true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. True. We get a phone ring. This time it's Vance. We meet Vance, the pinball wizard himself. Right. <laughs> Fantastic, because I'd never heard that Fox on the Run song, and it was like, I wanna know your name. And I went, what the hell is this? This is great. Yeah. But like. it was was cool too because every victim each kid was different like bruce was like well loved he was an athlete billy was like had a job you know local kid griffin nobody knew and then vance was the local asshole that how many times has he failed 10th grade like (laughs) (laughs) this is my year this is my year henderson oh no no. noticed Finney was in the background of that scene until probably the second or third time I watched it I was like oh yeah I was like oh there's Finn because he was wearing the same like baseball blue and white shirt but I just I I didn't watch I was watching Vance carve that fucking number in that kid's arm mm-hmm. yeah uh 7741 mark that 8675309 that's got it. it mark that one too <laughs> we gotta pay for that one <laughs> But what what was really cool to me is what the sequence that's happening where we see him getting arrested, you know, for fucking trying to kill somebody. Um, as he's carving, yeah, the kid pulled the switchblade on him. The kid's the one that tilted the pinball machine. I feel like that was a proportionate response. Um, but quarters were fucking quarters back in '78, <laughs> dude. You know what I mean? That that's a quarter, dude. No, I feel like Vance had a way that he would just walk up and punch it and know like exactly like like he fonzies it. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't have to pay for shit. <laughs> <laughs> the jukebox and all the lights and everything come on at the same time. All the vending machines <laughs> empty under the floor. Um, <laughs> so, so um, 
Gwen, however, is like present in the sequence and climbs into the back of the cop car too, which is when it's like, okay, she's not just, these aren't visions. She can participate in this. She is a medium. Mm -hmm. This is official title. We've got it pegged down or whatever. Her mom is from Long Island. Mm -hmm. Like it's all coming together. (laughs) Yeah. But and it was that cool was it. because Vance, Vance was like talking through the radio, the same dialogue you had just heard, which I was a little, I got a little annoyed that we heard that dialogue three times, but I saw the connection where he was like on, this is part of like, I liked the blocking a lot with the um, characters in the basement and Finney, which I know you don't like that one part that's coming up, but having been <laughs> facing this way and Vance facing this way and Vance being like, this is it this is the end of your fucking life or whatever. But then him doing it with the, the radio thing too, it was kind of cool. And that was like, all right. Okay. I've heard this a bit. Um, but you see Gwen, like I liked her silent scream because she's mm-hmm. just, she can't communicate um, verbally. This is Gambit. Hi, he's here. <laughs> Gambit, <hell> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I liked, I liked that. And like, that was a good, plot progression of the cop car dropping Vance off and then you see the house. Uh, notably with the number that he carved into mm-hmm. the kid's arm, which is still different than the one that we saw earlier. Yep, we, mark that. Yeah, well, it's marked now. We, we <laughs> Quite literally, yeah, you're right. It's, the kid's it's, like, I know. <laughs> he's still just like laying in this convenience store just like, can I go home now? Yeah. But Vance gives him a good roadmap. He gives Spinny a good roadmap. He's like, you go through the hole. On the back of the hole, there's going to be a fridge, right? You're going to want to go through the fucking fridge and everything. There's another. He assumes that this is his ticket out of here. Like, we yeah. finally, like, I've been told. That's his ticket to ride. That's his ticket to ride. We can't sing any more songs on this one, I don't think. No, you're I'm a lot of. We're going to sing that Fox on the Run song. We're going to get copyrighted. I know, we're going to get struck. <laughs> you get 10 seconds of copyright. All good. <laughs> Oh, good. Good. Oh, good. Sing it. Hit the chorus. Um, we, but so there's nothing on the other end. It's like another room, right? And he just like has that existential breakdown, defeated. I've tried like five times to get out of here. Everything that's happened to me is crazy anyway. Like on on the off chance that you would be the type of person that would be receiving phone calls from the other side of reality and would be obeying what he's doing remarkably well anyway up to this point, you know. And so he has he finally breaks down and that's it. So the phone rings one more time and this time it's Robin. Yeah, his now sensei. Mm -hmm. Yes. Do you want to go? Because this is your sequence here, man. Again, I didn't realize that he was like a Latinx character. um, So I definitely saw him as like the Thai long shadow, like native Apache chief kind of just being like, well, because it was like it was that same mentality, too, for a lot of like Apache warriors where it's like, okay, what's next to you? Okay, that phone. Put dirt in the phone to put weight in it. Put it in your sock. I don't really give a Mm -hmm. fuck. Just hit it with it. Mm And then you just have like the Miyagi style training montage of him just like hoi, 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 hoi. All right. Go Jess. <laughs> I like I said, I really liked the blocking that they did with um each character and how Finn they were there. Like that was his most connect obviously he was connected the most to Robin. Mm-hmm. Um but the blocking of the like the the spirits mm-hmm. or Vance when Vance ran up to him and screamed. And like, it was like these tremors in his head. But the the dance with Robin was, Robin had been telling him like, you gotta learn how to do it yourself. Mm-hmm. And to watch that first time they did it, he was off. The second time was a little better. And then they were perfectly in sync at the end. It was like Finn absorbing everything 
and it was all connecting and he realized, oh, everything that I was told they were teaching me, but I all I do have to do it on my own, you know, mm-hmm. which I can see it was the Mr. Miyagi moment, but it was cool. I'm still not buying what you're selling. Because <laughs> for me, it hit closer to like Cool Runnings where Yul Brenner is in the bar and he's like, I see power. I see pride. I see a badass mother that don't take no shit. From, you know, and he goes out and he starts a bar fight after that. You know, that's how it hit for me. I was like, did he just like hype him up from the dead? Because that's cool. That's crazy. About but, yeah. Enter the Dragon earlier. Enter the Dragon. Any like. Any fighting movie, it's all choreography. That's what it is. Yeah, but Bruce Lee could beat the fucking brakes off of me. Like, he could probably hit me so hard in the chest, my heart would stop. He could. <laughs> what was the thing from Kill Bill, the five-finger exploding death punch? Yeah, the five-point palm exploding <laughs> heart technique. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. Pai May taught you the five-point palm exploding heart technique. <laughs> of course he did. <laughs> we can talk about Kill Bill all day. That's my favorite Tarantino movie. So that's cool. <laughs> Anyhow, we are now, let's see, fill the phone with dirt. Gwen confronted by Ghost of the Dead Children as she rides her bike. Yeah. So this was kind of cool for me because this was the guidance. Stop here, turn and look at what we're trying to show you. Right. Mm-hmm. So they manifested outside of the house, too, which is cool because this is off property. Typically, mm-hmm. you know, the ghost thing is like we have to stay where we were killed. Right. Right. So that was kind of interesting, which. Again, because we know that the houses are on, are on either side of this street, right? Maybe there's a little bridge to Terabithia between both of these, right? And we can kind of cross here. Um, so, yeah, I thought that was a cool thing, too. Um, oh, did you th- she was in a, a yellow rain jacket, too, like Georgie from It? Yeah. So, okay. So, so I'm going to stop you right there because the yellow rain jacket comes in for me where this is my immediate comparison that I drew for this movie. I'm thinking Coraline. Immediately, because of the way that children are guiding the character that's also been taken by this evil entity through all of these things with all of the clues and all of that shit. Right. And so I'm that's where I'm. So the yellow rain jacket and everything. I'm like, it's Coraline. Yeah. <laughs> I was still sitting here like, hello, Quinny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then um, adult Eddie is Max, which I didn't realize. Are you serious? Yeah, I'm like, I'm I'm. DB, I got the useless info over here, but I, I was like, why do I know this guy? Useless info. <laughs> There's just things that are in the Trivial Pursuit game and things that will be yeah. in it in 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we, we have finally, like, broken the veil. Good guy, e- my phone's about yeah. to die. I got to say. Everything, well, everything is about to come down the pipeline right now. Yeah. You know, we have these really cool shots of, like, Gwendolyn goes home after she realizes that she has found the house she makes the calls and the way they like broke up the scene though, when the cops were like driving down the street, I definitely thought that she was still on her bike and I thought she was going to get, just get fucking oh, yeah. hit. Yeah. <laughs> but, <Truck coon. laughs> but, but this is where we realize that there's two locations. That's when the movie tells you that there are two houses because in the midst of the, of the raid beginning, <clears throat> we're still getting these shots and these scenes of the final battle between yeah. Finney and the grabber. Mm-hmm. And he pretty much just home alones this dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
he just like ties the rope to the bottom and like he in the hole that he had dug out earlier he took the grate that had fallen out of the wall oh my god so something really just fucking clicked for yeah me. dude yeah he, he took a piece from everyone yeah that's, that's, i said that's what he was learning from each person yeah. and he finally yeah. put it all together and connected it and he had to do it I'm himself Oh my God! It was Miyagi Do and, and Eagle, Eagle Fang. Fang karate. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> oh my God! Sorry, I just binge watched fucking Cobra Kai this past. I'm so week. proud of him. <laughs> well, I think too. Um, I think it. it we're, we've been talking about childhood and trauma and overcoming things. I think it was a lesson. Like you know, even though he's a kid, Finny realized he was a lot tougher than what he was, and he's been through so much. And it's like, no, don't underestimate me. I'm gonna get out of here. Um, I'm going to survive my home life with my dad and my sister. And then I'm going to, I'm going to get out of this situation. I'm going to make you pay for it. And he did. Mm-hmm. He did. He was straight up gangbusters. Cause fucking, uh, he, with the rope trap, he pulls yeah. it fucking, uh, the grabber goes over the hole or trips into the hole, snaps his fucking ankle when mm-hmm. he goes in. And then they have like that drag out where we're taking the phone and we're beating the shit mm-hmm. out of the grabber and he's not done yet. And this was actually something I called earlier, too, because they had the fucking wire. And I was like, dude, strangle that motherfucker yeah, with it. was like, take the wire. That's a weapon. <laughs> and yeah. of course. I really liked that the phone rang and the grabber looked at it. You go, oh, yeah, he hears it. And I knew immediately. I was like, guess what, motherfucker? That mm-hmm. called you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was so hot. It was, <laughs> you got a call. <laughs> <laughs> it's for you. <laughs> I'd like to ask you about your car's extended warranty. <laughs> From the grave. (laughs) But I thought that sequence was so cool that, like, in his final moment, he had to confront everything that he had done, Mm -hmm. you know? And again, it's like the spirits kind of come in, like, there's something very revenge-driven about those kind of ghost stories, right? Mm -hmm. Where there has to be that moment of, like, absolution at the end of all of it. Mm -hmm. And it was really, really sick. And feeling all of them say one of their, like, stitch, like, ghost monikers to him. Yeah, you your arm is meant. <laughs> this is the day you fucking die. Yeah, right. like, oh my God. So hard. It goes so hard. And then we kind of make it out of the house, right? And there's that moment where, like, the police that are inside are like, there's a basement. And they look down in the basement. They discover the body And house. there are the graves of all the, the kids that have been buried there. With an open one. With an open one. Mark that. So, Except not really. Well, I was going to say, because I this was the only part where... I didn't, I did not dislike the ending by any means, mm-hmm. but I think a really hot take would have been. So at the end, when all the police are running into one house and Finney's walking out of the other house and his sister sees him and obviously they have a connection. Um, if Finney was actually dead too, oh. like, she, like she either runs into him and it's just a goes ghost and him. goes through yeah. him or just like, the scene where it cuts, there's a hard cut when they realize that uh, she is in the other yard. If they had cut back and he was not there, I would have freaked the fuck out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And if they would have went back, if like something would have tipped them off about the other house and they went down and Finney had actually been yeah. down there, you know, but it's, I'm glad it ended the way it did. I'm glad yeah. Finney survived and he collected all his info and then he reunited with his sister. And the ending had, it was another detail with the, the dad um, that <laughs> when the dad comes up and he's like, I'm so sorry. They didn't hug him back. 
they just <laughs> they leaned on each other the exact same way that they did when they were watching the TV show. Yeah, they're like, we're not forgiving you, fucker. You know, we'll go home with you, but like when we're eighteen, we're out. <laughs> You're yeah. not a better person yeah. because I'm alive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So and I think it was like um, it wasn't like you could say it was a hopeful ending. Like you saw, like Finn, Finny was like, call me Finn. Like he he grew up a little bit, but with the dad. <laughs> See, I don't think that was the right inflection, though. What? For for the way he said it, he was like, call me Finn. Yeah. Like, you could feel his balls drop in that scene. <laughs> call you know me what I mean? Finn. <laughs> <laughs> I liked it when he was walking through the hallway. They're like, I thought he'd be bigger. He's the one that killed yeah, the dragon. Yeah. That was the shit, like, nerds like me, like, would dream about. Like, being acknowledged by everybody in the hallway. Because it's I have this running like, joke podcast like nothing that anybody knows about me from the podcast is fucking true and it's like it's repressed desire (laughs) (laughs) that i'm manifesting for myself but yeah like i for an ending that like your take 100 percent 100 percent hit like director's cut alternate ending vibes you know what i mean and i wanted it so that there's a part of me that there's a part of me that yeah there's a part of me that was like dude i could go either way on this Mm -hmm. um but the movie at that moment it, that's it. We roll credits, right? Yeah. And that's Black Phone. So, yeah. What, uh, you want to jump into ratings and the, the yeah, Trinity so as we'll, we put it here? Yeah, we'll yeah. start off with the Trinity. So, Jess, we'll start with you. Um, some of these questions are starting to feel like they answer themselves. Yeah. Uh, uh, what would you rate it on a scale of ten, 1 to 10? Um, would you recommend this to a friend? And would you watch it again? Um, an 8.5 to 9 because – the more I watch things, the more I'm like, mm, okay, no, 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 no. But still like an eight and a half to, to nine. It's still one of my top favorite movies from 2022. Uh, so yes, I have, I actually went with uh, two, uh, two different people. I was like, no, we got to go see this um, or one other one time. Um, so definitely recommend it for a friend. My cats are having a wrestling match as we speak. <laughs> um, and then uh, I'm going to watch it again because I own it. So. <laughs> Rock on, because why not? Because that's why you bought it, right? Yeah. Go. Uh, okay. Um, I would give this movie a seven and a half. I think uh, what, at the beginning of it, I definitely was like brought in immediately. I thought the world building was really cool. I thought the shots were cool. I thought the uh, pixelation of like film styles in different cuts in the mm-hmm. beginning were really cool. Um. There were a couple things that were a little immersion breaking for me as far as like the Miyagi Do thing, but like, (laughs) (laughs) but there, there were also just like a handful of things that are just like personal preferences. Like I said earlier, uh, I wish there was a little bit more background just to what he is doing. Oh, you don't even have to tell me why, but just have a little bit more understanding. One thing I told Eric after we watched this movie today was I felt like after revealing that Max was his brother i think we we deserved at least one scene whether it be like two to three minutes or whatever of just seeing them interact with one Mm -hmm. another because they're two parallels of the same abuse very clearly like one's a drug addict the other one's a fucking serial killer and i just think that we deserved a little bit more context if if you're gonna bait the hook yeah. Give me the fish at the end of it. You know what True. I mean? Yeah. And, and I, I just, I draw a lot of issues with movies that do that. You don't have to do this whole long backstory or whatever, but give me something for 
putting my time into the story. And other than that, I thought the movie was good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm definitely recommending this one to a friend if they haven't seen it. it. It's sort of weird because doing what we do, it sort of surprises me that this one eluded me. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I probably should have seen this in theaters. Um, watch it again. Totally. Just hearing you picking up on things after the second, third, fourth watch, whatever. Um, so yeah, I'm definitely down to try it again. I'm going to lean into a seven on this one and the criticism that I have for it is things that you just said, but it's also that I feel like it was a really, um, and I don't even really know how to say it without like sounding like I'm dissing it, but like, I really like twisty turny plots. This one was relatively straightforward for a true crime fringing on horror. Um, it just, and the end, when you have all the pieces together, it's like, okay, yeah, that, that made sense. There wasn't anything sinister about the grabber aside from that he was just a dude that had a mask there wasn't anything supernatural about him there wasn't anything otherworldly about him and i wanted a little bit more evil i mean that sounds weird like could there be anything more evil than you know abducting children you know i don't know for me <laughs> would have pushed it to an eight if we had gotten there I would you know think not, but... yeah and that's what i'm saying and so and it's also one of those things like i remark upon all the time mozart was a 10 my favorite movie of all time interstellar is an eight so it's hard for me to push beyond those boundaries and so i'm gonna lean into a seven for this one and that's that's what i got do you want to do uh subtext themes takeaways anything like that or do you actually i think we covered most of it throughout throughout it so what i'd really like to talk about jess you have an amazing movie coming out uh in just a couple months we're so excited to meet you guys in pittsburgh uh if you guys what yeah if you guys have uh not checked it out yet the tickets for it if you're in the pittsburgh area Mm -hmm. or if you're not we're fucking not and we're still going hell yeah um the eventbrite tickets are in our link tree so just go ahead and check that out it is in our instagram bio um and it's gonna be so much fun this is like probably one of the best werewolf movies i've ever seen yeah um and i put that up against like uh, American Werewolf in London and stuff like that. Twilight Eclipse. <laughs> no, all wolves in this one, you know. <laughs> well, that's the best part is there's actually wolves yeah. in it as opposed to like when you watch New Moon and it's just two people circle jerking for 30 fucking minutes at a time <laughs> and nothing happens. I don't know what I would do. Like, I haven't experienced this yet, but whenever I've been in like a horror movie, like Massacre Academy, Carney, our, our, our big bad, was a person right there. The werewolves in Wolf Hollow, right there. I don't know how to act with a tennis ball on a stick. <laughs> like, what am I going to do with that? I'm going to yeah. need you to be afraid of this ball. <laughs> <laughs> I think I can do it. It's just, I, all the stuff I've done has been, like, in-person practical effects. So that, that, I don't know, CGI would be hard for me. And that's the best part about horror, right? It's like... Like the creativity with practical effects um, astounds me. Mm-hmm. It, it really does. Um, it can be campy looking, like if you go to the the older movies. But then, and and Wolf Hollow, it's bloody. So seeing <laughs> <laughs> uh, in person gives you a visceral visceral reaction. <laughs> tell us a little bit about your character. She's a dick. <laughs> <laughs> So Beth Dunham is uh, is the director, and uh, she is the the leader of this little pack of filmmakers. Um, yeah, uh, uh. nice. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, she um, she and uh, Christina's character Alex go head to head. It's two alpha personalities, but like mine's just. I I think I, I said something the other day. It was like it's my way or get off get the hell off my set. Like 
Mm-hmm. I'm so one track mind of what I want. And it's going to be this is going to be that, that I lead this group of people to will follow a day ahead of time or whatever. And yeah, I'm an asshole. I said, I'm very proud of my heel turn because the last couple films I've done, I was the final girl or the hero. And mm-hmm. no, nah, I like being the bad. The bad, yeah, the bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. Um, this isn't any spoilers, um, but uh, obviously we've watched it at this point. Uh, one thing that I noticed about this movie that I really loved is it, it it's funny that you use the term alpha because this movie <laughs> this movie is very alpha female driven. Yeah. It feels like, which is really cool. What 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 do you think what do you think kind of sets it apart? in that aspect, you know, cause like a lot of, like you look at American werewolf in London, there's like two characters and they're both dudes. Right. <laughs> well, that's, that's the testament to Mark too, because massacre was, um, it was female driven as well. What I like is with horror, sometimes with female characters, there's not a lot of substance and there's a lot of nudity. There's no mm-hmm. nudity. Um, we each have our own motivations. You have different layers. It, it was just, each character had something to it. And that sometimes with horror is, is hard. Like I said, Mark, Mark made it fun. He, you know, he, he empower, you know what I mean? Like he, he listens. And if we're like, Hey, we have a question about our character, you know, you can come to him about it, but it is cool in this industry to be like, yeah, no, that's, it's female, female driven. <laughs> it's neat. Uh, super cool. Uh, what you, what was it like meeting Lynn Lowry for the first time and Flessia uh, Rose? Like, obviously, there was a lot of clout in this movie too. Now, you know, like you had you like you're coming into this. You know, you said that you had kind of started. You, I think you said 2016 or 2018. 18, yeah. Um, just small independent films, um, like student films and stuff. But then. I didn't actually get to meet Felissa on the set for Massacre. I was not there the day she was there and Dave Sheridan was there. Um, so when I, and I wasn't supposed to be on set the day that I got to meet her, but I walked up and go, I was like, hi, I'm Jess. I was in Massacre. And she was so, so sweet. Lynn was also very sweet. And when Lynn turned it on for this character, it was a joy to watch with her um, because she's this past her prime actress and she's, you know, just so dramatic, but she's very sweet, very sweet person. Yeah. Percocets and cervix, right? Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Breakfast <Right> Pittsburgh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have to make it Yinzer. Um, it has to be like Percocets and cervix and that. So if you guys come out, you have to learn the lingo. Yins. <laughs> <laughs> Do we get a book? Do we get a little pamphlet on like the breakdown? Come up with yeah. We'll, we'll come right. up with teach you. Just the Philly like, guy. The, it's just a I gun. Think, <laughs> it's just nothing but Donovan McNabb over and over again. <laughs> what is uh what was your favorite like on set story from Wolf Hollow? Mm, uh well, it was really cool to meet a bunch of new people. Like um, a lot of people were from out of town and they're not Pittsburgh locals. Uh, I did like Mark kind of let me and Brandon uh, riff for a bit in the RV. I don't know if he has this like bonus footage. Brandon and I were just doing puns the whole time. Like he was like, <laughs> hey, Beth, can you give me a hand? And I just went. 
everybody listening right now, fucking mark that. Yeah. <laughs> well, mark probably has like 10 minutes of footage of just Brandon and I just going off. And it was, it was fun. Um, choreographing the fight. Too. Yeah. There was a fight scene that I had fun doing. Um, it was good. And it was like, it was getting the band back together. Like when, uh, Saponis, Brian Saponis and I are on set, we rib each other too. Um, we're yeah. Master Academy together, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I'm just like geeking out over this movie because we we really did love it so much. It, it, it Big was fans. yeah. When I talked to Mark after screening it, I was like, this movie is literally like 80 minutes of just fucking werewolf glory. <laughs> 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 he said it. He saw. I think he watched Psycho Gorman, and then after he goes, "Oh yeah, Wolf Hollow is gonna be like Psycho Gorman." <laughs> okay. <laughs> Well, it was an absolutely fabulous job. Uh, do you have any other projects coming out that you can say the name of or? Yeah. Yeah. So um, March 10th in Pittsburgh um, at the Parkway Theater, a short I did in summer of 2021 called A Soul's Window is coming out. Um, Brian Saponis is in that as well. So that'll be showing then. Uh, a feature I did with Noah um, is also in Wolf Hollow. We did uh, Godless Children this past fall. So that's in post-production right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they're shooting for like a 2024 release. Another sh- short I did in May 2021, uh, Family Tradition should be coming out soon. So it's cool. Like things are starting to come out. It's like boom, 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 boom. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Looking, like I said before, I'm just keep going on. I'm like, okay, what can I audition for next? What can I do next? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm excited to see you and yeah. so much more. I'm excited to watch Masker Academy and actually the Boonies here relatively yeah, yeah, soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. That, that's one of those slashers that's like right up my alley. <laughs> Boonies was a good time. That was that was also a good time. Lots of lots of fights in that too for me. <laughs> well, again, guys, if you have not checked out our link tree get tickets to wolf hollow it's gonna be so much fun uh they're doing a lot of they're doing a q a afterwards uh there will be a raffle as well where there will be posters and dvds it's the whole and, event i mean it's yeah. the full red carpet treatment it says seven to ten yeah. and i'll go ahead and tell you only like 80 minutes of that is yeah. the movie so it's gonna be an absolute ball um just i can't thank you enough for being on our show yeah let's go um, let's go let's go you are so much fun, and I am so excited for this Patreon-exclusive interview yeah. that is only $3 a month for all exclusive interviews and all of our first takes at we're getting all these crazy-ass movies now hey. before they're coming out. Hey, look, Mama made it. Yeah, I know. I know. That's like our theme song is now just Brandon Yuri. So. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, the plugger did it again. Hey, yeah. I'm telling you, that's the plugger. <laughs> It's the new shirt. <laughs> That'll be like, you know how they have the jerseys and then they have like the monikers on the back? The, the plugger. Yeah. <laughs> well, Jess, thank you so much again for being on our show. And thank you all of our listeners for joining us at Under the Floorboards where it creaks and cracks and we laugh at the creatures that go bump in the night.